Hello everyone, this is Mike Sedan with the Crucial Talks Podcast, your host and your teammate on this journey to understand what drives people. Please visit www.crucialtalks.com to contact me if you have any questions, would like me to speak to your organization, or have some ideas for the show. I'm currently working on a project to help organizations when they want to integrate a program using new technology into an existing organization. In that project, I discuss the need to identify the problem organizations are trying to fix, or more importantly, where they think the technology can add value to an already robust and well-performing part of their organization. Today's episode is about some of the shortcomings when we try to fix problems. Problem solving can become the baseline setting for a lot of organizations. In those cases, organizations start to tread on some dangerous areas because the default mindset then becomes negative. In essence, people start looking for problems to solve, and they're not seeing the big picture. Back in Henry Ford's time and Frederick Taylor's scientific management, work was broken down into small parts. 100 years ago, on October 1913, Henry Ford introduced one of history's great inventions, the assembly line. It transformed industry worldwide. And the mass-produced Model T helped create the American middle class. Dean Reynolds went to Ford's original plant in Detroit to learn more. The assembly line has always been an impressive mix of man and machine. What it looks like now is a far cry from a century ago when Henry Ford first embraced the idea, one that wound up turning America into an industrial powerhouse with a thriving middle class. The process itself has aged well and continues to improve. To build a quality car, you have to be able to have your operator be able to do it efficiently and to do it injury-free. You're seeing every fastener, every hole, every bend in the metal. This virtual trial and error can tell Ford whether bolts turn, tires fit, or antennas are within reach to maximize efficiency up and down the actual line. Breaking work down into small individual tasks is based on the belief that one best way could be found to do any job. As this occurs, like on Ford's assembly line, we can end up with people that are experts on narrowly focused parts of the organization or system that we work in. The same thing can happen in problem solving. As problem solving becomes more of what we do, organizations start to focus on more narrow things. They start to look for problems, and this can lead to a fractured organization where people become experts in a more narrowly focused area. The more their view narrows, the more they become convinced that what they are seeing is the way things really are. It causes them to lose sight of the big picture. In other words, they don't have the opportunity to see the organization in a larger context as a system, and this stifles their ability to actually improve the system as a whole. In addition to narrowing our focus and leading to a smaller view of the organization, a focus on problem solving can also lead to negative thinking. If we are constantly focused on problems, we get limited in our view because we are looking at things that were negative. We look at what broke. We look at who failed. We look at what wasn't paid for. We look at what was not approved. This results in us thinking constantly about negative things and ends up reducing the chance people will look at where we can grow 
improve, or seek a better future. We get bogged down. We get bogged down by problem solving. These things that we focus on also end up being what we talk about with each other. If we're constantly looking for problems, constantly in problem solving mode, we tend to create this path to walk down that is negative. Focusing on the negative leads to the negative. If we want to improve and get better, we need to focus on more positive things. We can continue to do these things to improve, to do well, and to learn from. These three things, fragmentation, narrow views that prevent consideration of the entire system, and negative self-fulfilling prophecies are all things that can happen if we focus too much on problems. Let's listen to this clip from Band of Brothers and the problem solving of Easy Company's commanding officer, Sobel. You people are at the position of attention. Private Picante, have you been blousing your trousers over your boots like a paratrooper? No, sir. That explained the creases at the bottom. No excuse, sir. Volunteering for the parachute infantry is one thing, Percante, but you've got a long way to prove that you belong here. Your weekend pass is revoked. Name? Lord's Judge. Dirt in the rear sight aperture. Pass revoked. When did you sew on the chevron, Sergeant Lipton? Yesterday, sir. Long enough to notice this. Revoked. Sir. Name? Malarkey. Donald G. Rust on the butt plate hinge spring. Revoked. Name? Liebgott Joseph D. Sir. Rusty bayonet, Liebgott. You want to kill Germans? Yes, sir. Not with this. And I will not take you to war in your condition. Now, thanks to these men and their infractions, every man in the company who had a weekend pass has lost it. Change into your PT gear. We're running Curahee. Second platoon, fall out. We have two minutes. I ain't going up that hill. Hey, Connie, what are you thinking of? Blousing your pants. Shut up, Lon, all right? He gigged everybody. Yeah, well, you should know better. Don't give him no excuses. Excuses? Why don't you come here, look at these trousers, get down, and you tell me if there's a crease on All right, on. let's go on the road. PT formation. Let's move, move, move. We Mission speak, sir. Mission granted. Sir, we got nine companies, sir. Yeah, we do. Well, I come we're the only company marching every Friday night, 12 miles full pack in the pitch dark. Why do you think, Private Randleman? Lieutenant Sobel hates us, sir. Lieutenant Sobel does not hate Easy Company, Private Randleman. He just hates you. Thank you, sir. 
Lieutenant Winters, I want canteens out of belts with the caps unscrewed. Easy company. Canteens out and open. On my command, they will pour the contents onto the ground. On the CO's order, you will upend your canteens. Now, Lieutenant. Pour them. Who is this? Christensen. Why is there no water in your canteen? You drank from your canteen, didn't you? Sir, Lieutenant Winters! Yes, sir. Was this man ordered to not drink from his canteen during the Friday night march? He was, sir. Private Christensen, you have disobeyed a direct order. You will fill your canteen and repeat all 12 miles of the march immediately. Yes, sir. Fall out! What in the name of God are you doing with my company? You're late and you allow troopers to disobey direct orders? No excuse, sir. You're making me look bad, Lieutenant. This is not dog company. This is not fox company. This, this is easy company. And under my command, this will be the first and finest company in this regiment. I want the names of six men. Their infractions and your disciplinary recommendations on my desk by 0130. Is that clear? What infractions, sir? Find some. These men have been through the toughest training the Army has to offer, under the worst possible circumstances. And they volunteered for it. Christ, Dick, I was just shooting crap through them. It's not like You I know why they volunteered? So when things got really bad, the man in the foxhole next to them would be the best. Not some draftee who's gonna get them killed. Are you? As you can see, Sobel was constantly looking for problems. This caused a great deal of tension in the group, reduced morale, and made him an out-group from the rest of the company. At the organizational level, his focus on finding problems, even when they didn't exist, did not allow him to see how Easy Company would fit with what the Army was trying to do at the time, preparing to go to war. His focus on problems created a self-fulfilling prophecy for himself, which would ultimately lead to him losing command of Easy Company. Then we see Dick Winters. Winters is one of the great leaders that emerged during World War II. He truly believed in what his soldiers could accomplish. He was tough on them and trained hard, but his focus wasn't on finding problems to solve. His focus was on building the capacity to fight a war. He knew that when they went into battle, things would go wrong. And to absorb those things going wrong, he needed to build a war-fighting capacity. I mean, this whole episode is about how to avoid this quagmire of negative thinking. So let's talk about what we can do to reduce the chance that we become short-sighted because we are focused too much on problems. First, we need to change our lens. We need to change our mindset. Our mindsets need to change into something positive. In other words, we need to see a brighter future ahead and that there is something good that we can find that can help us improve. One tool you can use to do this is to not ask negative questions, but positive ones. Ask positive questions that lead to positive things. The second thing we can do is consider social construction. I've talked about social construction before. One good episode you can listen to is episode 8, where we talk about how human beings as a social storytelling animal are powerful because we are able to fabricate reality with each other. This happens through social construction. So if we are able to create a positive vision and have positive conversations instead of creating negative talk 
and negative stories that surround problems, we lead our organizations down paths that get brighter as we walk and not lead us deeper into a dark forest. The conversations we have and the words we use can have an impact on motivation, morale, and the vision people in the organization are sharing. The third thing we can do is include more people. We don't just want individual experts that are good at finding problems. By using the first two tools, a positive lens and constructing a positive vision, then including others, we begin to share the goals and visions that we need to succeed. Trying to be inclusive helps us to see the broader system and helps us to make sure the vision we have for the future and the positive talk will spread throughout the organization. The results of changing our lens from a negative view of just finding problems to a positive view, we can increase our chances of viewing our organizations from a systems standpoint. We don't get too narrowly focused. This increased ability to view systems reduces the chance that we're going to look narrowly at problems. As a result, we can see higher performance because we are focused on strengths and not weaknesses. And because we are focused on strengths, the possibility of a brighter future becomes real, and we begin to share this with others. This creates a stronger bond because people begin to see each other as part of the same group. They begin to see a shared identity. Because we can all see the brighter future for the organization, the CEO and the janitor begin to feel as if they are part of the same in-group. In other words, people that wouldn't normally work together or think they have anything in common begin to see a commonality between each other. A sense of togetherness can form. Management ends up not seeing line personnel as problems to be solved, but as teammates that can help bring the organization to the next level. Workers don't see supervisors as someone who is out to catch them doing something wrong, but instead see their supervisors as someone who is helping them reach a higher level. Changing our lens can change our attitudes. As we see more positive outlooks, as we discuss things in positive ways, we can begin to see positive actions. In this episode, we have talked about the problem with problem solving. We also have discussed how we could change the framework we use to prevent some of the problems and have a positive impact on our organizations, and more importantly, on the people in our organizations. The techniques we have talked about today help us to see our organizations as systems rather than a bunch of problems to be fixed. This positive approach can not only have an impact on performance, but on morale and the social factors that keep people engaged in improving the organization. If you'd like to talk more about this positive approach to human and organizational performance, please visit www.crucialtalks.com and reach out to me. I'd love to connect with you. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions, would like me to present to your organization, have any advice for me, or have ideas for what you would like to hear in future episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great week, and remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.